Colossians chapter number 3, and we're going to continue Colossians chapter number 3, verses 16 and 17 um, this morning, and I appreciate that song, Matt. I love uh, the weeks where we can be a little patriotic, and there's like, there's like the, this just blows my mind, there's actually debate within churches and pastors if we should ever have patriotic stuff within church and like you know I, they'll, they'll say we're a nationalist and we worship the flag y'all understand we don't worship the flag this morning but we're going to show honor man we're so thankful this morning and I, I was reading just through some stuff this week people like being critical of being patriotic in church and I think they can just choke on it in Jesus name okay let's go Colossians chapter number three, I got to get back in the spirit, get in the flesh a little bit this morning. I just love, I'm thankful I'm American this morning, and I don't think we should be ashamed of it. We, we shouldn't, we can be proud about our heritage and what God's done here, and anyhow, it's so stupid, isn't it? Colossians chapter number three, look at verse number 16. Colossians three, verse number 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns, and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Let's pray this morning. Father, we love you, and Lord, I do thank you, God, that we have freedom in this country, but Lord, bigger than that, God, I thank you that we have freedom in you. Lord, I thank you that you paid a price, Lord, that we could never afford to pay. Lord, I pray as we continue in Colossians this morning, and look at this verse, Lord, I pray, Lord, there's so much in this verse, Lord, so often we're in larger sections of scripture, Lord, but I pray that as we focus and hone in on this verse this morning, God, that you would help us. Lord, I pray for each person that's here this morning. God, I pray that you'd help us to grow. Lord, I pray that you'd help us to think this morning. Lord, I I pray that you would change us. Father, we love you. We thank you for your goodness. Bless everything that's said and done today, and we'll be careful to give you the glory, the honor, and the praise. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. I want to just review quickly to bring us up to speed, and then we're just really going to dig in um, to this this morning. Um, but of course, uh, we, we've been studying Colossians for the past few months, and we understand that Paul wrote this as he was sitting in a Roman prison. He had never visited Colossae before. A man named Epaphras had been saved at one of Paul's meetings, if you will, and went back to his hometown and ended up starting this church at Colossae. It's a new church. It's a loving church. It's a growing church. He wrote this letter for a specific purpose to a specific people. The purpose of the letter was this. There had begun false doctrine, disunity had begun to seep into the church. We've talked about this already. Just nine miles away, there was another town called Laodicea that we, is known for being that lukewarm church and known for that false doctrine. And so Paul here is warning the church Colossi that they that basically they don't follow those those things which could creep in to the church in chapter number one Paul starts out by a, a prayer for the church and then he he reminds them of the preeminence of Christ how Christ is first uh, in the church he's first in the world and he should be first in their lives he reminds them that their identity should be in Jesus Christ. And in, in chapter number two, he reminds them how to continue in their growth. It's not just enough to be saved by the grace of God. We must continue to grow. He reminds them how Jesus is greater. He's, he's first, but he's also greater than anything else that ever has been or ever will be. He reminds them that their identification isn't in who others say they are or in who they say they are, but it's in who God says they are. And then he teaches them about baptism, why we should be baptized. He, he talks about how the gospel should uh, affect their lives and our lives every single 
day. Then we got to chapter number 3. If you remember, in verses 1 through 3, he says this, Seek those things which are above. That are, and basically, he, he teaches them this idea that we shouldn't just be living for this world. We should be living for eternity in light of eternity. In verses 5 through 11, we just saw a few weeks ago, if you remember when he said as believers, as followers of Jesus, there's some things we should put off. Y'all remember that? I mean, he says, these things you need to kill. You need to put to death. You need to take them off. But after you take them off, as believers, there's some things that we need to put on, right? It's not just about following all these rules. It's about allowing the Spirit to live through us, and there's some things that are going to be seen in our life. Do y'all remember what some of those are? We, we talked about that sermon when I preached on what a Christian should wear. Man, the, people were clicking on that thing like crazy, you know. What is he going to say? And, and it wasn't what most thought. You know what a Christian should wear? Mercy, kindness, humility, meekness. He said patience, forgiveness, love. And then he says we should be thankful people. So he said there's some things in our identity as a believer that we put off. Then there's some things that we put on. And now here in our text this morning, I believe this is really the root and the foundation for being a follower of Jesus. This is what our life should be summed up in is in this verse. Let's dig into it a little bit this morning. Look, look at verse number 16, chapter number 3. Look what he says here. Let the word of Christ dwell in you, richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So after he says, there's some things you should put off, there's some things that you should put on, here he says, look at the first word. What's the first word in this verse? He says, let let, let the word of Christ. So what does that mean when he says let here? It means this. The word let simply means this. Not prevent or forbid. It means to allow, to give permission. It, it's a deliberate action, okay? So if I let someone into my house, how do I let them in? I go to the front door and what do I have to do? I have to open the door so that they can come in. He's saying this, church, open the door and allow the Word of God to come in. It's something that must be deliberate. If you just sit on the couch and you don't get up and open and unlock the door, it's not going to come in. When it comes to the Word of God in our lives individually, this first word, let, we've got to be open. We've got to open the door. We've got to be, listen, we've got to be deliberate about it. Man, I must open the door and let them in, invite them in. As believers, we must open the door and invite the Word of God in. Look at the next couple words. Let, let what? The Word of Christ dwell, what's it say? In you. So let the Word dwell, live inside of you. The Word of God, now we understand this. What is the Word of God? The Word of God is God's revelation to us. That's how God speaks to us. When somebody says, God told me, if it doesn't line up with Scriptures, God did not tell them. Everybody understand that? Listen, it's God's Word. Listen, this is how He speaks to you and 
to me. It's his revelation to us. Remember what Paul wrote to young Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter number 3, verse 15? Let me read this to you. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction, and in righteousness that the man of God may be thoroughly furnished unto all good works. One man put it this way, the Bible is profitable for doctrine. It tells, it tells you what is right. The Bible is uh, profitable for reproof. It tells you what is not right. The Bible is profitable for correction. It tells you how to get right. The Bible is profitable for training. It tells you how to stay right. Can I just say this this morning? The Word of God should be central to every believer's life. You see, a lot of us, man, there's a lot of things that we focus around. I know people that focus around religion. I know people that focus around being a Baptist. I know people that focus around legalism and rules and regulations and things they've heard growing up. Can I just say this morning, what should be central to our lives isn't all that stuff that's peripheral. Matter of fact, Paul warned the church about those things. You know what should be central to our, our lives this morning? It's the Word of God. I mean, it, we've got to let it in. We've got to allow it to dwell in us. Turn to James chapter number 1 real quick. I want to show you something. James chapter number 1. Look at verse number 19. James is addressing the same idea here. And look at it. James chapter 1, verse number 19. It says this. Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man, y'all seeing this, be swift to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath. Look at, look at verse 20. For the wrath of man worketh not the righteousness of God. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness. And look at these next words. And receive with meekness, notice this words, the engrafted word. The engrafted word. Man, that word dwelling in you. He says this, we've got to receive the word. The engrafted word simply means this, the implanted word. It carries the same idea that Paul's talking about here in Colossians chapter number 3. The word being inside of us. The, the seed of the word of God is to be implanted in our lives. Listen, it should be part of us. It should be inside of us. So how do we do that? Look at verse 19 here in James. He says, first of all, be swift to hear. When we come to the word of God, sometimes if we're not careful, we look at it through the lens that we've always looked through it to. And let me just say this. We look at it through our American lens, and we look at, through, at it through our Baptist lens. When we look through the Word of God, we need to, listen, we need to not go in with preconceived notions just because we've heard things our entire lives. We need to look at it for what it actually says. You see, automatically sometimes what we'll do, we'll jump to preconceived conclusions, and, and we don't stop and read the Word of God. Maybe put it this way, through raw with some rawness and some realness and some newness. So he says, be swift to hear. You know what he's saying? Come with your ears open. There's nothing worse than a spiritual know-it-all. Right? You know, all of us should be learning. And all of us should be, be teachable. So he says, be quick to listen. It's directly pertaining to the Word of God. When you read the Word, have your ears open. Matter of fact, Matthew 13, 9 says this. He that have ears, let him hear. Romans 10, verse number 17. For faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by what? The Word of God. 
of God. So he says this. He, he starts out by, by saying, listen, come with your ears open. And then look at this. Be slow to speak. Verse number 19. Come with your mouth closed. The idea here is simply this. It's to receive not just to give. Man, we all need to receive the Word of God. We all need to receive preaching. We all need to see, receive the Word of God privately as well, okay? So he says, receive it. Be slow to speak. And then verse number 19, be slow to wrath. Come with a teachable spirit. Come with clean hands. Look at verse number 21. Wherefore, lay apart all filthiness, a superfluity of naughtiness. Come with clean hands. As you approach the Word of God and you begin to study the Word of God, Man, one of the things that we all need to do is make sure that we're confessing our sin. Does anybody else like me struggle with sin? Man, I love what David prayed and he cried out to God when he struggled with some really, really bad sins. And y'all, you remember, and when I say really bad sins, man, he's committing adultery. He's committing murder. He's committing these things that, man, like for us, he probably ain't going to pass the background check for the nursery. Okay? And you know what David and by the way, aren't you thankful God still uses used David and God still uses old sinners and God still uses broken people? And God, he, You know who he doesn't use? The ones that have it all together and think they're something. Somebody help me this morning. David comes in the presence of God and he says what? Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. Psalm 119 says this, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to thy word, with my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wonder from my commandments, thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. John 15, 3, now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Ephesians 5, 26, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word of God. Listen, we need the word of God. We need to receive it. We need to listen to it. We need to hear it. Verse 21, receive with meekness, it says, the engrafted word. Man, we should approach it humbly. Paul says this, let it dwell. Here James says, man, let it be engrafted. They both knew something, and we need to be smart enough to take their advice. They both knew something. The Word of God changes things. That's what they're trying to tell us here. I mean, it changes things. James says, receive it and grow by it. Turn back to Colossians chapter number 3 and look at verse 17. Colossians 3, look at verse 17. So he says, and what's, or, or verse 16, let the Word of Christ dwell, let it live, let it be inside of you. Open up the door, be deliberate about it, look at it, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. So here's what happens. As we study the Word of God, as we dig into the Word of God, man, we look at ourselves through the mirror of the Word of God. And you know what we find out as we begin to do that? We find out that without Him, we can do nothing. We find out that it's only by His grace. We find out that it's only by His love. And you know what that causes us to do? You know what a natural byproduct of understanding and studying the Word of God is? It's praise and worship to God. Man, it's singing songs and hymns. Man, it's praising and worshiping and teaching. So here's the whole message this morning. I want to ask you this question. He's talking about this. That's, he, he's talking about the Word of God here dwelling in us. Carries the idea of being inside of you. One old preacher said it this way. If you go to a well and you drop the, the, well down, or you drop the bucket down in the well and you pull that bucket up, whatever's in that well, what's going to be in that bucket? 
You know, believers are the same way. Whatever's inside of us, whether it's the Word of God or something else, when we pull it up, we're going to see who we are, and we're going to see what we are. What's inside eventually is going to come out. I just want to propose this question, and we're going to talk for a minute practically this morning. What are you eating? What is it that's coming out of you? You know what a Christian should be eating? The Word of God. I think it was Job that said it this way. In jo- is it Job 17? He said, he said this, His Word more than my necessary food. You know what Job was saying there? More than I need to eat food, guess what I need to be eating? The Word of God. Now I'm looking around this morning. We ain't missed too many meals. Think about that. Like I, I tell you, and I've told you all this before, about 1130 comes, man, if I, if I ain't sitting down somewhere already ordering, am I right? I start getting a little bit hangry. I don't miss many meals. Man, I like to eat. Why? Because it's nourishment. It's something I need to move forward. It's something I need to grow. It's something we all need. You know the Word of God is the same way? Just like food for the, for the, for the human is what helps us grow. It gives us the nutrition we need. The Word of God in the life of a Christian. Listen, it's what gives us the nutrition. It's what gives us what we... So here's the question. What are you eating this morning? You know the Bible? I want to just give you something really very practical these last 18 minutes. The Bible, listen, it will change your spirit. You know that? The Word of God, if you're in the Word, you can tell a lot about a person by, by their spirit. You can tell if they're in the Word many times by how they just treat others. You say, I don't believe you. The psalmist said it this way, Great peace have they which love thy law. You know how it finishes? And nothing shall offend them. Listen, the Word of God will change your spirit. You know the Bible will change your mind. Man, as you grow and as you get into it and you, you learn, It'll change your mind. You know, the Bible will change your emotions and your affections. The more you get into the Word, the easier it is to set your affections on things above. Man, the Bible will change your will. And guess whose will you'll begin to embrace? His will. The Bible has the power to change you, your spirit, your mind, your emotions, and your will. Show me a person that has a short spirit. Show me a person that doesn't have control of their emotions. Show me a person that's always negative. Show me a person that's always offended. Show me a person that's always blaming everybody else, and I will show you a person that's not in the Word of God. Because the Word of God changes those things. See, it's easy to follow the rules, y'all. It's easy to check off some boxes, got my hair parted just right, got me a tie on, got all that. Yeah, it's easy stuff. That's why when they're laying it out, guess what it always has to do with? How we treat others, man. That's where it gets hard. Man, how we live this life, that's where it gets tough. What are you eating? Man, in, in, in life, we are going to be more successful in any area. Here's the thing. We must have some sort of goal, a goal that is reasonable. So let's just talk for real. Can we just talk for real stuff this morning? When it comes to your Bible reading, man, I want you to just ask yourself, man, do you ever set a goal? Do you have anything you're trying to accomplish? Is there any consistency? Are you daily in the Word? We, we need to make our goal not just to check off a box, but to know, understand, love, and treasure the sufficiency of Scripture. Listen, Jeremiah 15, 16 said this, Thy words were found, listen, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me joy and rejoicing of my heart. And I called by name, O Lord God of hosts. Jeremiah then, once again, uses this analogy of eating. Listen, how can I make sure 
as a believer, I'm having a proper diet? How can I grow in the Word? That's a good question. Listen, all of us that have been in church, whether we grew up in church, went to Sunday school, youth conferences, church camps, or if we're new to church, we've all heard preaching and teaching, encouraging the believer to have a time of devotion and of study. Now, I grew up hearing it, man. Read your Bible. Man, study your Bible. Have a quiet time. How many of y'all grew up hearing that stuff? I did. Listen, and I, I would go to these camps and these revivals and even church and hear that. But many times, at the first of the year, I would start my reading plan. My intentions were to read through the Bible in a year. Man, I'd have a goal, and I'd start it. Man, my, I'd start the first day reading through Genesis, and I, I'd mark it off and doing the same for the first few weeks or months. By the time, many times, by the time I got to March, listen, I'm just being transparent with you. I know you're probably way more spiritual than I was. By the time I got to March, listen, I'd be lost sometimes. I might even be bored or distracted and discouraged somewhere in the Old Testament. And honestly, there were times I would throw in the towels, and I ended up giving up. I know some of you are that way this morning. I know there's some that are already tuning me out because you can read the Bible through in a month. Somebody help me this morning. Okay, I want to talk to everybody else this morning. I'd have trouble staying on track. And I feel like I couldn't catch up. Sometimes I wouldn't understand what I was reading. I'd get distracted. I'd feel like a bad Christian or a failure. And over the years, though, and I'm thankful for God's grace in these areas, for much help in reading and learning myself and study and understanding of Scripture, the Lord, through my own failure and through the teaching of others, has taught me some things that have helped me along the way to get a better understanding of Scripture, to be more consistent, to not be distracted, to love my devotional time and study. And what I want to give you this morning is just some practical things to help you at least get thinking and get started. Man, if we were to go around the room, and I've done this before even with preachers, and said, how many of you ever read the whole Bible through? Or how many of you have a consistent walk with God where you're in the Word of God every single day? Man, that's a humbling question. You see, a lot of people can go to church on Sundays, and you should, and you need to. But man, are you having a personal walk with Jesus? And listen, let me just say this. We're all on different levels intellectually, okay? Do you understand that? That's okay. I know Pastor Stewart, uh, man, Pastor Stewart reads through the Bible four or five times a year, Okay? I know other people that may read a verse a day. What, whatever, however and whatever God's gifted it, listen, don't, worry, don't compare your walk with somebody else's walk. Here's the key. You need to have a walk. Something consistent that's yours, that you do. You don't have to read the Bible through in a year. I mean, I, we read it through, uh, and, and we read it through usually quarterly is kind of what our plan is, four times a year. Not everybody's going to do that. Me and some preachers last year read it through in the, the whole Bible in the book of January. I do not recommend that. It's miserable, okay? It's hard. No, it was actually awesome. But I'm just saying, all of us are in different places. The point is, we all got to have something. At the core of the problem for each of us, listen, it is lack of conviction of the, bio, bi, the, the, the Bible's power and ability to change and make us more like Christ. I think sometimes here's the issue. We don't actually buy in and believe that it will do what God says it will do in our lives. I want to give you three things quickly this morning. Just maybe you struggle with your Bible reading. That will help you. Number one, I would write this down. Be intentional. Be intentional. Remember the first word of the verse we read earlier, verse 16? What was it? Let. You got to allow it. You got to make time for it. You got to have routine. You got to be deliberate. You got to have some sort of system, time, and place. So how to be consistent in my Bible reading? I'm going to give you these quickly, and, and they're not going to be on the screen, but I'm telling you, go back and write these down somewhere. 
Number one is do not set unrealistic expectations. Go in to do and be who you are. If, if it's improvement moving forward for you to have the verse of the day on you version emailed to you, start there. Man, if you've been in the Word five minutes a day, maybe start trying to be in it ten minutes. If you've been in for an hour a day, maybe try to do some in the morning and some in the evening. But here's the thing. Don't look at somebody else's walk. Make it your walk. Man, don't try to do what Pastor Stewart does. Don't try to do what Pastor does. Man, figure out what works for you. Here's something else that I would help you, I would encourage you to do. Pray before you begin. Before you approach the Word, say, God, would you teach me and would you speak to me today? Third thing that I had to do is this. I had to have a place where I go, the same place, every single day where I read the Word of God. For me, for a long time, it was my office, and I would go in there. Now, man, after we go and work out, do whatever, man, I take that next time at my house, sitting at my desk, opening, but it's the same time every single day. You know why? Because if it's not the same time and same place every day, guess what's going to end up happening? It ain't going to happen. Nothing that's worth anything is going to be easy. Y'all understand that, right? It takes self-discipline. It takes time every day. Set aside. Schedule it. David, here's a hard one. Write this one down. Remove distractions. For me, I had to turn my cell phone on. Do not disturb. Or maybe move your phone or your computer into another room. Because the moment that you sit down, I found this out in my life, and I try to focus on the Lord, people start bothering me. Seriously. We live in the day where we have instant access to everybody. I wonder what we used to do. Yeah, people like people text you, and I don't call them back right away. What do we do before cell phones? We left a message, and when they had time, guess what they did? They call, Can I just tell you, instant access is one of the worst things that's ever happened to our world. That thing can wait, man. Turn off your notifications. Get away from that phone. Man, sit down and focus on what you're doing. Maybe this one, maybe, maybe do this. Write down things you don't understand. Instead of just reading over it, stop. Write them down. Look them up. Ask your teacher or pastor or one of our men on our teaching team. Use a trusted guide or commentary. Study a Bible or a, get a Bible study or a book. Man, listen, and if you don't know what those are, ask some of our staff. They'll recommend some to you. Then how about this? This is something that helps me. Write, mark it up. Man, as you're in there, write in it. Highlight, underline. Man, get, dig into the thing. That's what's helped me. And then here's one I would just recommend. Follow some sort of some systematic plan. Find, though, what works for you. So be intentional. Wake up tomorrow. Here's the thing. If we really want to do something, guess what we're going to do? We're going to do it. And all of us have different hobbies. We all do, man. Whether it is, you know, we had a, and it was it awesome last week to see all those guys leave on the motorcycles last week. That was awesome, man. Our church members go on this motorcycle ride. Man, some people love, and if they want to ride bikes, guess what they're going to do? If they're going to ride a motorcycle, they're going to find a way to do it, find a time to do it. If you like to thrift shop, guess what? You're going to find a way to do it. If you like to sit outside and do nothing, which I highly recommend sometimes, you're going to find a way to do it. If you like to hunt, <laughs> and I don't want to get meddling here, guess what you're going to do? You're going to find a way to do it. I mean, whatever it is, you're going to find. What if we had the passion for the Word of God like we do for our hobbies and other stuff? I need that. You know what I find myself doing so often when I wake up in the morning, and you do too? First thing we do is we go over there, and what we do, we grab our phone. What if before we touch, well, maybe put a rule like this, before I touch my phone, I'm going to touch my Bible. A friend of mine, he, he's a big breakfast eater, and he says, you know what, no Bible, 
no breakfast. The point is this. We've got to put things in place that help us because we're lazy and we're fleshly. And we've got to have self-discipline to be consistent. So be intentional is the first thing. The second thing that I would say is this. And this is important. Meditate on it. What did he say? He said, let the word of Christ dwell where? In you. It doesn't just stop when you check off that box. It doesn't just stop being consistent. Man, it's not just about having a plan or completing about something. It's let it dwell. Let it live. Water it. Dwell on it and let it dwell in you. We all know Psalms chapter number 1. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the, in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he what? Meditate. Day and night. So it's not just for that 30 minutes where you're studying it. Man, take something out of it, man, and feast on it and enjoy it and learn it and let it change you. Something that some things I do that help me with that as you're reading. Picture it, picture it. Visualize the scene, visualize the scene in your mind. The Bible's full of awesome stuff. Let me save you some money. Don't go waste your, your $30 on Top Gun next week. Read, listen, read the Word of God. There's some whacked out stuff. Like there's some rated R stuff in the Bible. Visualize it in your mind. Think about it. Man, this is real. Man, there's people getting killed. 20 people getting killed, you know, in passages. Man, that, nuts. It's crazy. Man, see it. See what you can learn from it. Visualize it. One of the best things that will help us as we read the Word of God, and I'm not trying to be funny, it's having a good imagination. Thinking about what was actually happening. These were real people in real places. Man, thinking about it. Picture it. Pronounce it. Emphasize the words. Paraphrase it. Write it down in your own words. Personalize it. Man, put your name in that place. Pray it. Man, if you get to a place where it pray, man, pray it to God. Probe it. Does the passage suggest and ask questions? Man, as you approach it, maybe you need to, uh, as you finish reading a passage, maybe say, you know what? Is there a sin to confess here? There's something God's convicted me when I read it. I can't but read the Bible where I'm convicted, okay? I'm just telling you. Man, is there a sin to confess? Is there a promise to claim? Is God making us a promise? Is there an attitude that I need to change? You see what I'm saying? We've got to make it practical. Is there an example to follow? Is there a prayer to pray? Is there an error to avoid? Is there a truth to believe? Is there something to praise God for? You say, what does that mean? After, listen, after we're intentional and we let it, after we've meditated on it, listen, apply it! You know, it's not enough. I know some people that know the Bible real good. And I'm talking about, I know dudes that know the original languages. But they're doing nothing with it. I know people like that. I know people that can, that can read, that, that know all the stuff, and they're not doing, they, they're educated. They're, they're seminary degrees. By the way, you're better in a cemetery than a seminary most of the time. Somebody help me this morning. But listen, they, can, they know all the stuff. They know it inside and out. Man, they're so educated. They can twist stuff and throw it at you and do this, and, but they're just doing nothing. They'll sit in a coffee shop and argue about it. They'll post on Facebook and argue with people about it. And you know what? <clears throat> because we got to what? Apply it. You're better off never knowing a Greek. Oh, my goodness. You're better off never knowing a Greek word. You're better off never having a degree. You're better off not knowing the books of the Bible forwards and backwards. Hey, you're better off this morning not being some Pharisee that's full of knowledge. By the way, knowledge puffeth up, but charity edifieth. Hey, I'll take the dude that just got saved last week, that loves Jesus, that wants to take what he hears out of here and live it, not just be critical of everybody else, not just look for problems and fault in everybody else, but people that listen, that eat the word of God and it affects them outside of here. That's what applying is.
It's not just having it up here. There's a lot of us that have it up here. You know what it is? It's having it in here. Above all, he said in the first part of this chapter, above all, you know what? Shows that we're a believer. Shows that we're a follower of Jesus. Showing that the Word's done us. When we have love, oh my goodness, for one another. Why is it some of the most biblical, educated people are some of the meanest people? (laughs) Why is it that Christians that know the Bible use it as a sword? Not a sword of the Spirit, but a sword to cut somebody else down. You see, when we have true relationship with the Word of God, we find ourselves, as the prophet said, Woe is me, I'm unclean, and I'm undone, but for the grace of God this morning. That's what the Word of God does in our lives. Does, y'all listen to me this morning. If your Christianity and your religion makes you feel better than someone else, it ain't the Christianity of the Bible. If your belief about this, it, listen, if what you're doing makes you feel superior to someone else, no, 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 no. The more you get into here, the more you're going to find out, oh my goodness, were it not for grace this morning, I don't know where I'd be. Man, aren't you thankful for His grace this morning? When I look at myself in the mirror of God's Word, I'm thankful to report to you. I don't see my sin. I don't see my works. I don't see none of that. You know what we see if we're saved this morning? We see His Son. We see the fact that His righteousness is imputed to us. So I want to encourage you with this, man. As you read the Bible, that application needs to be personal. Apply it to yourself. It needs to be practical and possible. Something that I can actually do. An action item. It needs to be powerful. Depend on His Holy Spirit. And then allow the Holy Spirit to guide you as you read it. I wonder how many of us this morning, we've been in church for a long time. We follow Jesus for a long time. But maybe our relationship with Him ain't where it should be. Maybe we're not in the Word. Maybe we're not reading. Maybe we're not praying. Man, I think that'd probably be a good place to start this morning, wouldn't it? Say, God, you know what, tomorrow or even this afternoon... I'm going to open up your word. I'm going to spend some time with you. Spend some time in prayer. Man, as I was studying this week, I got kind of convicted about it. Man, I need to make sure that I'm deliberate. Man, I need to make sure that I'm applying it. I need to make sure that I'm living it. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, let's stand at our feet. The altar's open. There'll be some counselors down here. If you-